Welcome to Mastermind.fm. It's the second episode. This is Jean Galea. And joining me today again is... Hi, I'm James Laws. Glad to be here. All right. So last time we talked about a bit of everything, I guess. And <laughs> today we're going to be... We're going to try to be a bit more focused and talk about the importance of community. Doing it alone is not the best way to do things, right? Yeah, I actually, you know, it's funny. I Just the other little few weeks ago, I wrote a blog post called Why I'm Glad I'm Not a Solo Founder. <laughs> and it was really me kind of commiserating of why I don't like, uh, you know, the benefits of not going it alone. Um, because that's, there's, you know, building a business is hard work. And if you don't have a community system around you, it can be extremely lonely and stressful and depressing work. I mean, we always think here about businesses and they talk about growing and like, oh, I'm growing month over month, quarter after quarter, year after year, and it's big, big, big. And that sounds great. But that's not the normal story, right? Most people starting businesses are, man, blood, sweat, and tears, working long hours trying to make something work. And so when all you hear is these like great stories and you don't have a community around you to support you, it can be depressing. <laughs> yeah, so let's start, I guess, we can start expanding bit by bit what we mean by community. Let's start. You, you, you spoke about not being a single founder. In my case, I am kind of a single founder, but I also think about it as being... Uh, as my wife being a co-founder because really she's been with me all the way and she actually works on the business as well sure so i didn't have to look externally for um, a, a co-founder however it's still not just me bearing all the pressure of of the business and i think uh, while a single founder also removes a lot of potential issues uh, i think it's it's also more stressful that's definitely the case yeah um what would be like some tips if you could share about having a co-founder in a business since ma so many businesses actually fail because of disagreements between the founders? What are the important things to have in place before you start a business? Well, I think there's, yeah, yeah there's, there, there's a lot to unpack there, right? I think one of the things that you want to make sure is your, your co-founder should complement you uh, complement your weaknesses. So if you, you know, for me, I'm a business administrative minded individual. I'm a visionary. I have lots of ideas, but I can't build any of this stuff. I can, I can get kind of wireframes and ideas and loose stuff. Uh, but my partner is a technical, my technical co-founder. He can build anything I give to him. So he, he strongly, and he, and he also, I'm a kind of gung-ho, let's launch tomorrow. And he brings me back and says, no, 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 we want to do this right. So he, he compliments my impatience and my need for immediate gratification. And he kind of pulls that back and says, no, no, we can, we can wait and do this. And so we meet in the middle because of that. We, co we compliment each other that way. So one tip would be making sure that your, your co-founder um, compliments you. So you have different strengths um, that will help build the business. Another key point that I think needs to be made is you need to make sure that you and your co-founder have the same goals. It's very easy to go have one co-founder is like, oh, I just want to build this thing and sell it. <laughs> like, let's build it really big. Let's sell it. Let's get millions of dollars and move on. And then another founder saying, no, 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 I, I want to build something that's like 
my like that I'll pass on to my family. Like I want a legacy. I want to build something that I'm going to be in for life. And if those goals don't align, if you guys are building, or if you guys are reaching for two completely different goals, that's going to cause conflict because that changes the decisions that you make. It changes the you know how you build your product, how you sell your product, how you market your product, and you're constantly going to be butting heads because you're looking for different outcomes. So those are my, I think my two big ones, you know, make sure you, that you're, as founders, you complement each other and then make sure you have the same goal. Make sure you're heading to the same direction. Yeah. I've actually been to a meetup this week where there was a startup lawyer speaking and like, this is one of the questions that people were asking. And as you are saying, he said, the most important thing is to have complementary values and to make sure that you know them before you start the business. <laughs> Absolutely. It's way more important than documenting, making a lot of agreements. Because if you discover six months down the line that the goals are totally different, the personal goals are different, you're going to have trouble. And so I'd say in that, don't jump into a partnership yeah. too hastily, right? Like take your time, figure out a way to work together for an extended period of time before you sign the contract, so to speak. Um, don't, don't, don't marry that individual if you, until you kind of get a feel for each other. So my partner, I have known for about 13 years, um, and we have been trying to start a business together for probably about, uh, eight or nine of those years. And it just recently happened. Like it just kind of, it took off. So we had a different dynamic. We probably did the thing you shouldn't do. Cause they always say, don't go into business with your friends. Um, that's a mistake. And he's one of my best friends. And we, you know, the guys in the office around us kind of joke that we, when we do fight, we fight like a married couple because that's kind of thing that we have. But we've also said, I guess it's another thing for a partnership, another tip for dealing with a partner is make sure there is clear lines as to who is responsible for what. So what in our case, Kevin makes the final decision on anything product related in development. He sets the he sets the pace of the timeline. He sets the pace of what features are going to make it in and aren't going to make it in. He has that. And so he he takes my input, he listens to my opinions from a marketing business uh, feature set, you know, all that stuff. He takes my input, he takes my ideas. But when he says this is what's in it, my hands are up. Like it's done. Good. That's the decision. And pretty much everything else in the business is my decision. And he's okay with that because he knows I'm looking out for his best interest because we have the both we both have the same goals. So he knows when I make a business decision, I'm doing it with the intent of getting us both to the place that we want to be. And when he makes a product decision, I know he's doing it with the the intent of getting us where we both want to be. So I think that's also important is having a clear understanding of who has what role in the company. Yeah, definitely. I think the, what we're talking about is uh, values and also being clear with each other and being humble as well at, at times. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've taken things even further than you have because I've started a business with my wife. <laughs> yeah, that's and, yeah. <laughs> uh, my cousin. So it's a family business. Uh, but uh, obviously it, 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 there are challenges, but so far it's been working very well. So I guess one piece of advice is not to follow the rules that are set out there on the Internet. You know, don't do this and don't do that. Yeah. Just find something that works for you and your particular case. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So if we go further out of the co-founder team thing, let's start talking about, say, local meetups. 
Yeah. Um, do you have any local meetups in your city? So we, when we started establishing and building a team here, we started looking around and there's a, you know, there's a Nash up north of us. There's a Nashville WordPress meetup. There's also one in Knoxville and then down in Atlanta. Both, all of these places are an hour to two to three hours away from us. So it's not really feasible for us to join up with that community. But there was nothing here. So we actually, as a company, started the Chattanooga WordPress meetup. Um, now, that's easy. It's, easy. it's maybe harder to do as an individual. But I know lots of individuals who have started meetups and built a community for themselves, right? They built it themselves so that they could have people to be around. But we do have a WordPress uh, meetup that we have created. And it's still fairly small. But the people who are involved are really involved. So it's it's pretty cool to see happen. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I've been traveling, as I mentioned in the first episode for the last three, four years. However, I must say that wherever I've traveled to, the first thing I always look, look up is the WordPress local meetup, because that's an excellent way to make make new friends and that's a testament to the to how good the wordpress community is and that the fact that it's made up of some wonderful people when i was in thailand last uh, winter i actually started the chiang mai wordpress meetup and that was quite successful you know from nothing we were having monthly meetups of 15 20 people all discussing what they were doing, their travels. It was all very exciting and a way of, again, making new friends. So I think the local meetup is your first, should be your first touch into the greater WordPress community when it's available, of course. I would also say you don't want, you know, don't feel like you're, if you're in it, like we're in the WordPress business, like we sell WordPress products. So obviously our first place to go is a WordPress meetup. But what we did have in our area was we had a PHP developer meetup that we could get involved in. Uh, we actually there's actually a Drupal meetup, and we actually got invited. Uh, my my partner Kevin got invited to speak at the PHP meetup, which is in the Drupal business offices here in town. Um, they are Drupal agency, and we had a great conversation about Drupal and WordPress and really some great people at that meetup. So even though they weren't in our immediate community, don't be afraid to branch out and build relationships, you may learn some really cool things uh, by doing that. And so we've actually started connecting with outside of our WordPress community, just the PHP in general, uh, and some of the other uh, communities such as Drupal, which has been a really cool experience. Yeah, I definitely agree with this. In fact, maybe after the success of WordPress during the past 10 years, we're starting to feel that some of the people in the community are too focused on WordPress and like the people leading the project are sometimes too sort of narrow-minded in certain things and I feel it myself you know if you're involved in one project for so long you start of getting blind sides on uh, on other things that are happening in the web community at large and in fact uh, this year one of my biggest sort of different things I've been doing is attending conferences that are not necessarily WordPress related so I've been lucky to be based here in Barcelona where we had many conferences happening this year some of them were business related like microconf others were web and front end focused like smashing conf and uh, you know you get different uh, viewpoints on things and it's kind of a reality check to make sure you're still on the right track in your business as well and that's the next level right so if you go from your team 
to a local meetup, and we're talking about face-to-face kind of interactions, the next step is look for conferences in your area, look for conferences that maybe in areas you'd like to visit. Like that's a great way to do it. Like I've always wanted to go here and there's a conference there, so I'm going to go and take a vacation. And while I'm there, uh, connect with some people. And so there are lots of different types of conferences that you can go to. So you mentioned some, like you went to the the Smashing Conference. Is that what it's called? Smashing Conf and MicroConf. MicroConf. And MicroConf now is, man, they have one in Europe. They have one in the States. They have, like, there's, they're, they're killing it. Like, they're, they're yeah. fairly frequent now. Uh, I think they just recently announced 2016 in Las Vegas that they're planning. So... That's a conference that you can get involved in. Uh, local meetups are good. Yeah, and by the way, we should also give a shout out to Startups for the Rest of Us, which is an excellent podcast Yes, run by the organizers of MicroConf. Seriously, check it out if you're into business and solo founder and bootstrapping your business. Yeah, it's one of, I, I have a very small list of podcasts that I go to regularly. And every week when I'm doing my, my, my drive around town, that's one I tune into a lot. So it's some great content there. Um, but they're doing that. So MicroConf is one. Uh, you mentioned Smash Comp, Smashing Comp. Um, for WordPress community, you got these smaller conferences uh, called WordCamps. They are all over the world and very frequent. So chances are, no matter where you are, one is going to be somewhat close by. Not you now. There are certain areas probably a little tougher than others, but they're 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 all over the place. I know we next year we're planning on going to. Eight, eight to ten word camps next year. So we're really excited about kind of getting involved in that a little bit more. Right. I totally agree. And I must also add that please don't be afraid of attending word camps just because you think you might not know enough or you might know too much. You know, there's it's it's <laughs> yeah, I've met actually people with with both viewpoints. So word camp attendees are usually a very mixed bunch and super friendly people. You'll have a great time and you will definitely learn new things from from WordCamps. Yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to go to a WordCamp to learn like high level development stuff, but you will learn about maybe new concepts or ideas or technologies that you haven't considered and and will inspire you to do more research into those things and how those, you know, how those people are doing them. But mostly what you find in WordCamps is you build community relationships that will go beyond that WordCamp. There's so many times that I'll meet people at a WordCamp and then we become regular Twitter friends and communicate regularly off, you know, you know, online where that relationship started because we finally met in face to face and we know who each other are. Or the reverse is true. You talk to somebody on Twitter all the time and then you get to you go to a WordCamp and you meet them face to face and you're like, "Oh, this person's really cool." And it's kind of nice to be able to put a face to the Twitter avatar <laughs> yeah in fact i i would say that the biggest benefit of attending WordCamps is actually the relationships that you build yeah i feel that it's more important than attending the actual talks and that's kind of where it's an advantage of being there in person rather than following the live stream yeah so i guess that's something that we could also talk about what if you can't go for for any reason to all these conferences and meetups that we are mentioning. What's your alternative? Yeah. So, I mean, if you can't, and, and you have experience with this, with, you know, your travels, that there's sometimes when you're just at a place that there's just nothing you can get involved in, nothing connect. You may be at a place, other people may be at a place where their business isn't big enough to afford to 
take them to fly them to an, you know some location yeah. to go to that conference. In that case, there are the live streams that you mentioned. Um, so you have a lot of the WordCamps are, are live streamed, so you can kind of follow along and communicate. A lot of them will come with... Uh, at times, we'll do chat widgets or hashtag on Twitter, so you can kind of get involved in the conversation. You're not really there, but at least you feel a little bit more connected to that. There are other online conferences that happen. Uh, Word Sesh is one that happens every year. It's kind of a 24-hour conference. Every hour, somebody else is doing a presentation. Um, I think last year, it was a single track. Before that, they tried to do two tracks. But you have a chat room and a video, and people just talk about the topic, and somebody presents. It's a it's a great experience. I'd actually say it's also a great experience if you want to give your hand at giving a presentation. You might try to apply to do that. That's a I feel like I don't know. I'm actually more afraid of doing a word of word sesh video live stream presentation than I am actually going to a conference and presenting. Like for some reason, that's more nerve wracking to me. But maybe you feel like the anonymity of being behind a cam behind in your own office or. Uh, location and, and recording a presentation maybe is more comfortable for you. Um, is there any, what other options would you offer if you can't really go anywhere? Yeah, I think the closest I can think of is the kind of conferences you men- mentioned. And that's what I used myself when I was living in Asia. Asia doesn't have a lot of WordPress specific conferences at the moment, unfortunately, although that's changing as well. So I was kind of feeling a bit left out, but following the sessions online, it's also a case of participating in the community in another way. If you cannot attend the conferences, there's also Facebook. There are some incredible groups on Facebook, like Advanced WordPress. There's also Advanced WooCommerce, Selling WP Products. These are all great groups where you can really make connections with people, which is all it boils down to at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, in the in the spirit of, so we have these online communities, we've got these larger conferences that you can go to your local meetups. Of course, building your own local team around your business is also you know hugely important. But in the spirit of being called mastermind.fm, and we talked about masterminds quite a bit uh, in the first episode, uh, if somebody wanted to get involved in a mastermind, if they say, oh, you know, I love that this idea of getting together with a group of people and talking about our businesses and gleaning information from each other sounds really exciting and encouraging. It's something I want to do. But, but John, I don't know the first thing about how do I get involved in a meetup? Nobody's inviting me to a meetup. Like, how do I get involved? What advice would you give them to, to a person who's looking to find a mastermind for them for themselves? Right. So I think the first thing before like inviting anyone to make a mastermind is make the connection first. And how do you make the connection? By giving something of value to the other person. And once you've got, you've built a few connections, you can then start to get get to know the person deeper and maybe ask if he would like to join on a mastermind. And don't forget that in a mastermind, things tend to get quite personal. You know? You'll be sharing a lot of stuff. So you need to be sure that the other person shares the same values and, you know, is trustworthy. Um, uh, For me personally, the way I've found uh, people for podcasts is by basically um, reaching out to people during WordCamps and also online. So I wouldn't say it's a necessity to meet the person in in real life before starting a podcast. In fact, myself and, uh, and you, James, have never 
met in, in, in actual life. Although we, we'll be we'll be meeting hopefully next year at Pressonomics. That's correct. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's very possible to start a, a good mastermind without having access to word camps or meetups. Yeah, and I would say some, you know, from my my perspective, some some advice that I would offer is, and I I think this is just good advice as a business in general. If you if you want to build good positive relationships with other businesses. I, my number one advice to you is become a cheerleader. And I know that sounds weird, and I'm not talking to pander, but if you believe in somebody, if you think somebody did something good, tell them. And you know, send out a tweet, promote their product, promote their business, be a cheerleader, be, be somebody who puts positive energy in their direction. And when the time comes that you want to reach out and say, hey, you know, I was thinking about getting a few people together to talk about business and do a mastermind, would you be interested? Uh, they're going to go with the person who they ha- who they get positive energy from. So I think there is, I-, I tell this to my team all the time, right? And anything that you do, if you're going to send something out, be a cheerleader, be somebody who promotes and is, and is excited for other people. And you will build relationships that way because people want to be around people. You know, it-, it comes down to we like being around people who like us. And if they don't, if somebody doesn't like you, you don't want to be around them. And-, and, if they- and if you're not talking about them and if you're not promoting them and if you're not cheering them on how can anyone know if you like them or not it's just it's the unknown variable so i would really encourage people to 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 be a cheerleader i'd also say um don't be afraid to ask if you if there's somebody you want to get involved with if there's somebody you want to have a conversation with in that in that regard uh reach out to them um start a start a conversation with them broach the topic i think it helps to um be a little not i don't want to say be pushy but be a little assertive and don't be afraid to say hey, I'd really like to connect with you on this level for this reason. Um, so those are a couple things that I would say as far as finding a mastermind. Uh, the other thing is, you know, if you can't find a mastermind, if you can't get invited to a mastermind, as John said, just start a mastermind. Start one yourself. Find some people. Now, for a good makeup of a mastermind, my recommendation is you want to find uh, people who are farther than you are in your business, wherever you're at. You want to get people in your mastermind who have who've made it a little bit further than you. And then in the spirit of a good mastermind, you should also be bringing in people who are not quite as far as you. Um, these both have both two benefits. It's not, you don't bring in somebody who knows less than you just because they'll learn. You also bring them in because sometimes their inexperience can bring light to your own um, blind spots. Like they, they can say something being having not being so involved in the business world for as long as you, they may say something that just totally shifts you You're like, oh, man, that, I had a total blind spot there. And here's this new guy or a new girl who just totally, you know, changed my perspective. So a good mastermind should have a mix of people at different stages of their businesses. If everyone's in the exact same spot, you may find out that nobody's moving because <laughs> everybody, there's no, there's no, there's no balance of information. The balance of information is too linear and you need to create some dynamic there. Yeah. And uh, thinking about it, I would also add that you have to be very clear on what you want out of the mastermind mm-hmm. before starting or joining the mastermind. For example, in my case, I'm in two or three different masterminds and, you know, what? like I have a mastermind where the main goal is to be accountable to the other person. So we're not really talking about maybe our specific business development stuff, but we're just having a list of items that we want to keep each other accountable on month by month and week by week sometimes. 
and just making sure that we're both uh, going in the same positive direction. And this helps when you're a single founder. In, in this case, we're both single founders, so we just touch base every few weeks to make sure we're both progressing in the direction that we want to. And uh, some other masterminds might be a question of just getting the energy needed. Like there are masterminds whose main, main purpose is to give you the energy. Maybe you're just still working and you're, you're finding it hard to transition to opening a business and you just need that energy and encouragement. Or it could also be a more niche-specific mastermind, which happens to be the case with me and James, where yeah. we talk a lot of, uh, of, of the time about WordPress, obviously. So that helps even in like, giving technical ideas to each other and uh, that sort of thing. I would also mention the differences between uh, mastermind, mentorship, and coaching. There are three different areas there. So you need to decide which one is most relevant for where you're at in your current situation. Where you've spoken a lot about masterminds, uh, let's let's have a look at mentorship and coaching. And I don't know if you have some experience in these two areas, James, but as uh, far as, as I can say, the distinction is that a mentor would be somebody who's, who's usually doing it for free, somebody who's much more experienced than you. And again, you meet once a, <clears throat> once a month and he's giving you advice because he's already been there. While a coach could be someone you could hire on a platform like Clarity.fm, somebody you pay to help you solve specific business dilemmas or help you with your business tactics. For example, promoting your plugin or something, even a technical issue with your plugin helping you on very specific areas, something that you're paying the coach for. What's your experience, James? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say I would mirror that. I think uh, I agree with you completely. Like, um, you know, a mentor has got to be somebody you trust, somebody who I, I hope is interested in what you're doing and you're interested in what they're doing. Um, it isn't always somebody who's been in the exact same sector or sphere, but they should have intimate knowledge of what you do um, because that's, you know, there are some specifics to, you know, if you're selling a product versus providing a service, there are some specifics there. And so having somebody who kind of understands that and can help you navigate those challenges. Um, but yeah, I think a mentor should be, you know, to me, when I look for a mentor and I, I'm at the place where I don't have a mentor specifically, um, but I have some people that I want to reach out to that if I could, if I could enter into a, a mentor mentee relationship with them, um, I would, I would gladly jump at the opportunity because I have a great deal of respect for them and I consider them friends. Like, so beyond just, oh, they're, you know, they're successful in business. Uh, I consider them a friend who is going to offer me good sound advice, not because they get anything out of it. Like you talked about as with a coach, but because they like me and they want me to succeed. You know, you want that relationship in a mentor. Whereas a coach, yeah, I mean, you can find coaches on, on many different levels. Um, and, you know, like you said, you can hire somebody, you can get on Clarity or something like that and, and 
you know, buy an hour of their time to look at something like your pricing structure, your business model, or the way you handle your support flow or any of those types of things. And they can say, hey, uh, you know, with my experience in this area, here's here's what I would tell you to do and you should shift this and stuff. Um, and it can feel like a mentorship, but you always have to remember they're doing it because they're getting paid. <laughs> That's why they're doing it. And they want you to succeed because I would hope they'll want you to come back for other advice as your business grows. But, um, you know, it's usually a one-time transaction. They're not getting anything off your bottom line of your business. So you have to kind of keep that in mind when you're dealing with that. However, it also must be said that a coach can be incredibly valuable Absolutely. for solving specific issues with your business. So 10 minutes of time from a coach can save you days or even weeks of thinking and trying different approaches that might ultimately not work. Yeah, and I think that's kind of how I think differently about a mentor versus a coach too. I think of a mentor as speaking to me as a whole individual as I'm going through the challenges of running a business, who can speak to my emotional state, can speak to my relational state, can speak to my financial state, can speak to all of that. Whereas a coach, I usually consider as looking at a thing. They're, they're, they're coming to solve a problem for you. And if you understand that, that they're, they're, they're both very different things and they're both very useful and you might have them both at the same time. You know, you may be working through that. Um, but, you know, I, I would, while I don't have a mentor in that regard, I'd encourage you to get one. I mean, if you, if you, if the opportunity presents itself, I would, I would jump at that opportunity because they can be hugely beneficial. I've had mentors in other areas of my life, um, that have been, hugely beneficial. Exactly. I think you nailed it with your description there of mentors vs coaches. Yeah. All right. So um, I think we it's time to wrap up another episode. Um, just to wrap to wrap up and uh, sort of summarize what we've discussed today. Uh, we've been speaking about the benefits of having uh, of not doing things alone, basically, and being involved with, with the community and also getting advice when needed in the form of masterminds, mentors, coaches, be it uh, what it may. It's important to keep getting feedback and advice to keep your business running smoothly. Yes, uh, and, and I would say if you have questions about this, if you, if if you want to dig in deeper to this topic, um, whether it be conferences or mentorship coaching, any of these things, um, please check out mastermind.fm. Uh, send us a question from our website. We would love to unpack that further if there's anything uh, that we can dig into a little bit more for you. Yeah, and uh, James, if somebody wants to contact you, where can he find you online? Uh, yeah, so you can connect with me on Twitter at James Laws or at my website at jameslaws.com. How about you? Excellent. Um, I'm I'm found on Twitter, Jean Galea, and at WP Mayor, and I also have my own personal blog over at JeanGalea.com. Awesome. Thank you very much for being with us for yet another episode, and see you at, for the next one. See you next time.